we were renting that place. The owners dropped by one day and they they actually used to live there. So they were a family who'd lived there and, and they had a son who lived there when he was younger. And he popped around one day and he and mum obviously got talking about it. And he said, have you seen the man? And mum said, oh, yeah. And he said, did he have a hat on? <laughs> and mum said, yeah. And this, he was so thrilled that somebody else had seen it because he said, I used to see him and my mum didn't believe me. Welcome to the Spirit Sisters podcast. My name is Karina Machado and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of ghostly visitors, near-death experiences, premonitions, hauntings and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary women reveal their extraordinary encounters. Hi everyone and welcome to another bonus episode of Spirit Sisters the podcast. I'm Karina, and this is part two in our special Haunted House series of virtual fireside conversations airing in the lead up to Halloween. Today, my guest, Liz Mutkins, is going to share a story about the home she grew up in, in Sydney's north. What I love about this story is how it carves out a slice of the past and returns it to us intact with the people who once lived it, although today we call them ghosts. We might ask, though, Who's haunting who? Here's Liz to tell us her haunted house story. Hi, Liz, and welcome to Spirit Sisters, the podcast. Thanks, Karina. Thanks for having me. As I was saying to you, Liz, we're going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to be sort of imagining that me and you are sitting around lovely open fire, even though it's warm in Australia, but not to worry about that. And we're sharing a cup yeah. of tea or coffee and you're about to tell me your haunted house story. I'm so excited to hear it. I know a little bit about it, but I want to hear it from your voice, your first-hand experience. Tell me your haunted house story, Liz. No problem. Okay, so um, we moved into this house in the late 70s, probably about 77, 78. So I was a young teenager, about 13 or 14. I moved in there with uh, my mum and my younger brother and sister. It was an, an older house in Sydney, on the North Shore in Sydney. Nice, you know, lovely sort of timber sort of construction, uh, bungalow sort of looking from the front. But it was on a, on a big corner block that sloped downwards at the back. So it was actually, from the back, it was a two-storey house. So it had that kind of look. And then uh, a large uh, backyard area. We moved in there. Some friends of my dad's had actually been living there beforehand and he, he found the house for us. Yeah, we look. We we were quite quite happy there, but we started to, from my perspective, 
I first noticed something was odd in the backyard, actually. So, you know, if I would go out to bring in washing or something like that, you just would get a feeling that somebody doesn't want me here. You would just get a feeling that I feel really uncomfortable here. I need to get inside. I need to get away from here. The, the way the house was uh, set out, you, you walked into uh, a hallway where with bedrooms off to the left and right, then out into a living area. And there was a, a small uh, spiral staircase that actually went down to the downstairs area. So you would walk downstairs and there was another a, a fourth bedroom and a large, I guess you'd call it a rumpus room. We didn't really use it very much for reasons that will become clear, but we uh, we did have our piano down there and, and an old upright piano, and the bathroom was down there. The only bathroom for the house with the toilet was downstairs, so you had to walk down the stairs through the rumpus room to get into the bathroom. So yeah, there was the, this odd feeling in the backyard, and then also in that downstairs rumpus room, there was a very strong just a sense of I don't want to be here you know I need I need to walk through this room to get to the bathroom but I want to run <laughs> it was it was just it just felt odd and then as I said the piano was downstairs and we started to hear the piano when we were upstairs and nobody was downstairs playing the piano so I wouldn't say it was play, you know, it wasn't playing a full tune, but odd notes would play or just a little tinkle and none of us said anything to each other for a while, I'd say, maybe for a couple of months until finally we started to talk about it. My mum and my brother and my sister all agreed that there was something odd going on, particularly in the backyard. So you'd and all been sensing these these things. We'd all been sensing yeah. these things. And nobody had said anything to each other, no. you know, obviously thinking, well, you know, I'm just having a weird day or, or whatever. When we finally did, we we had all had this shared experience of this feeling in this stairs room. And mum, I think mum being really the most psychically attuned out of everybody. She said, um, oh, look, I think, yeah, I do think there's someone else in this house. I, I think her name's Margaret. And we went, okay, Margaret, all right. So we started to, or I, I did, and I'm pretty sure Mum did as well, started to talk to Margaret when we were outside hanging out washing or whatever. I would say, look, I have to be here. I have to be here just for 10 minutes to do this. Just let me do it and then I'll get out of your face. So it was, you know, we started to have this conversation with, with this ghost. Anyway, at one point, mum came back in one day from being outside and she said, it's not Margaret, it's Marjorie. And I'm like, okay, how did you know that? She said, I just got a really strong feeling that it's Marjorie. And she felt that, once she because she said it out loud it's not margaret it's marjorie she said that she felt a very strong um 
sense that she was almost uh, the Marjorie was almost annoyed that she that she'd gotten it annoyed um, annoyed yeah she felt you know a real strong sort of whoosh you know sensation of of, of this negative kind of feeling oh that's interesting not sure why yeah, yeah. it is interesting yeah like yeah she didn't want to be discovered but yet she like was, exactly she was making herself known but yet she didn't want to be discovered it's kind of a bit of a paradox there yeah it is a bit it is a bit yes because she certainly she certainly her her presence was very strong the thing about it that was really interesting was other people who would come to the house could also feel it people who weren't you know particularly interested in anything otherworldly or supernatural you know school friends of mine friends of mums and they I didn't remember know. one person. Yeah, go on. I was wondering. No, they didn't know. No, we yeah, wouldn't yeah. tell them beforehand. No, no, because, you know, yeah, it's not the sort of thing you share unless you feel confident, you know, that people don't think you're crazy. I remember, I think, a, a school friend of mine coming upstairs after having used the bathroom, like just ashen faced, <laughs> just saying, there's a really weird feeling down there. And um, we were like, yeah, yeah there is there is and we would another strange thing that would happen was we uh, after a while mum uh, had a new partner who was a musician and he would he played the trumpet and he would use the downstairs area to practice and sometimes bring other friends the other musicians over to practice with him they couldn't play well in that area downstairs they would you know they would come upstairs and say I, I can't play down there yeah. you know it was it was really odd but we sort of learned to learn to just live with it there wasn't any malevolence you know we didn't feel that they were out to get us or harm us in any way so yeah we sort of learned to live with Marjorie and then now this this was my mum's experience, not mine. So I'm relating what happened to her in the the upstairs area of the house, which always felt, you know, less less presence. She and um, her partner were just there in, in the living room one day, and he suddenly turned around and went, "Who's that?" And mum turned around, and there was a man standing in the hallway, dressed in. Uh, early sort of 20th century gear with you know she described sort of the high, a high collar and a hat and he was looking out when when you looked out of the back windows you were looking out over the bush towards the harbour beautiful um beautiful yeah yeah although you couldn't what well, I wouldn't say it was harbour views but it was uh yeah it was a nice outlook anyway she and uh Roy her partner both very clearly saw this man that's amazing um, because for two people to see something is quite rare and Roy her partner was a, a very down-to-earthy sort of guy like he was not you know not the sort of person to you know to necessarily have these types of experiences yeah, that makes it even more um, did they say he looked like a solid man standing there or did it look like your classic ghost um I'm not sure, but I think from the way she described his reaction of going, oh, who's that, as if it was a more solid kind of figure. And then we were renting that place 
the owners dropped by one day and they they actually used to live there. So they were a family who'd lived there and, and they had a son who, who lived there when he was younger. And he popped around one day and he and mum obviously got talking about it. And he said, have you seen the man? <laughs> and mum said, oh, yeah. And he said, did he have a hat on? <laughs> and mum said, yeah. And this, he was so thrilled that somebody else had seen it because he said, I used to see him and my mum didn't believe me and I would run and put my head under the covers. So he was had had the same experience and it sounds like saw the same man. It does. Um, uh, you know, it was very validating for him. So, yeah, so we had the two of them. Look, other things would happen. I mean, people would hear footsteps. My, uh, well, he's now my husband, was my boyfriend back then. Um, you know, he woke up one morning and felt somebody jumping on the end of the bed and sat up to say to me, you know, Liz, stop mucking around. Mm. I wasn't even there. Mm. Like, <laughs> I had gotten up, you know. Vases would fly off tables and smash mm. on the floor. But only these kind of, you know, occasional events. It wasn't like we were being constantly bombarded by this, by fear or anything. It just became something that we lived with, as I said. Gosh, we must have been there for about 10 years. This was by now sort of the late 80s. And we were all home one afternoon and... I was sitting at, on the front porch with my husband and, and a, another friend who had been to the house quite a few times and knew us really well. My sister was up on the street washing her car and um, a taxi pulled up and this elderly lady got out and she just stood in the road and looked at the house for a little bit and then walked off to next door was a church and a church hall and she walked down to the church for some reason mum went after her and brought her back to her she must have seen her looking at the house you know because she did stand there and just look at the house quite a while anyway mum brought this lady back down to the house and we were still all sitting there having our coffee and um, she brought her up to us on the front porch and she said, oh, oh everybody, this is Marjorie. Wow. <laughs> uh, I know. And we all kind of stopped and went, oh, ho hello, how nice to meet you. You know, we were trying to be polite, whereas at the same time, of course, all this is churning through our heads. So like, what, what, how can this be Marjorie? Marjorie's a ghost what's going on anyway she, Marjorie came inside for a cup of tea and she did used to live there she lived there with her sister and her mum and dad and we didn't want to obviously you know say well guess what they're all still here <laughs> so you know we were trying to be trying to just very gently kind of coax a little bit of information out of her and she said oh yes well you know yes dad used to stand here and look out over the harbour and dad was a, a musician 
and so so was she incidentally and her sister they were all musicians and um, played piano and sang and she said and mum said oh you know what about your mum she said oh mum mum loved the garden mum was always in the garden she you know she was always out there and and mum said oh what was her name she said oh marjorie (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and we all just we were we were gobsmacked i mean i i don't think i've ever been quite so gobsmacked in my whole life it was just amazing and she was very kind of matter of fact oh marjorie you know don't you know that and we're like yeah well we do know that actually (laughs) 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 we didn't want to say so yes we you know it, it was marjorie she was in the garden it was well we think anyway it was her dad yeah. who um was looking out you know at the harbor and probably tinkling the piano yeah. um because that that was what he did he was a music teacher so you know she went and she actually i do remember as she left she got to the front door and she turned around at the front door and she went bye dad yeah. <laughs> oh that's so lovely yeah. I know, isn't it lovely? And Liz, I know um, that you had just from a little bit of an email that you sent me outlining this story prior, you had a very visceral response to that moment when Marjorie Jr. said that her mother's name was Marjorie, didn't you? Tell oh, us about that. Yes. And your friend oh, yes. as well. Yes, myself and, and Lisa, my friend, we were, um, yeah, it was, you couldn't have written it into a comedy sketch any better we we were we were sort of standing and there was was behind us like a blanket box or something wasn't even a chair behind us but we were standing there sort of listening to Marjorie and as soon as she said you know oh yeah mum's name was Marjorie we we both just bang sat down (laughs) on this blanket box like I've never had yeah that experience of your legs actually going out from under you you know if there'd been nothing to sit on we would have both landed on the floor because it was just uh, yeah, it really was a, a physical yeah. shock. I was yeah. really struck by that when I read it in your email because, as you say, like yep. we often hear these sayings about you know your leg legs going out from under you or your mouth going dry. Yes. It actually happens in that exact way, but it you don't really realize did. until it happens. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really did. We've never forgotten. And Never you didn't tell Marjorie Junior about? Did you mention any? Did any of you mention anything to her about sensing I her think, family? I think we did. I think we did. I mean, I'm trying to remember. It was quite some time ago, but I, I think we did. Once she was, you know, open with the information about sort of who they were, yeah. And she obviously was okay with it because, you know, her. Um, saying goodbye to her dad yeah, when, that's so when she left. You know, I guess we sort of thought that with her visit that they might have gone with her, but they didn't. They did stay around, although I did, I think maybe it was just our perception that they seemed less threatening, less frightening once we had met her and, and maybe once they had seen her come over. Now, um, so eventually you all moved out and yes. the owner and his partner moved back in. Is that right? That and then is your, right, yes. your mum popped back into the home one day to collect the mail. Tell us what happened then. 
She did. Well, she was standing out the front talking to the, yeah, the, the woman who now lived there, whose name was also Liz. And what I didn't mention at the beginning, that there, there was also like a granny flat on the side of the house, which was rented separately. So mum was talking to Liz at the, at the front near the, near the mailbox. But what Liz didn't know was that the young woman who was living in the granny flat was just behind her and could also hear the conversation. Liz said to mum, they're still here, you know, <laughs> and then proceeded to have a bit of a chat about, you know, about the, the experiences that she had had and that we had had. And the woman renting the granny flat came up and she said, oh, she said, that must be the lady in white who sits on the stairs and watches my son playing. So this lady had a toddler. She was also obviously experiencing Marjorie and, and she was, yeah, she was still there and um, quite benign, I guess, even though, you know, you would, as I said, get that feeling that she didn't want you to be in her space. But maybe she was just afraid that we'd, we were in her garden and she didn't want it ruined or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Know. Like mm. we, I guess it's easy for us to perceive things through a veil of fear but perhaps yes. all it is is picking up on her, the energy of her presence, which may in itself yes. be confused and, and depending on her state of consciousness, perhaps not understanding that she has passed and that these are yes. other people now inhabiting the space. So, you know, you, you think of that classic haunted house story with Nicole Kidman, the others, and that idea oh, yes. of families inhabiting the same home. And that's what strikes yes. me when I, when I hear your story, Liz. I think that's spot on, actually. I think that's probably exactly right. And I'd love to know if they're still there because, uh, you know, the house now, as we, we looked on the internet, it's been completely renovated beautifully. They've done it absolutely beautiful job but it looks totally different from how it was when we were there so I wonder if Marjorie and uh, her husband are still there or if they've moved on. <laughs> it's really nice and another uh, really interesting thing that strikes me about your story and I'd love to hear what you think of this is mm -hmm. it seems almost beyond a coincidence that the family that lived there Marjorie and and her husband mm. were, and the girls were all musicians and in your home, you had the piano set up and yep. your mum's partner would then bring, you know, he played an instrument and would bring in his friends and they would attempt to play in there. And so there's almost yep. this resonance between the two families along the separate timelines. I wonder there if kind you think, of is. I just wondered if you think um, that music was almost like the common denominator that made it possible that enabled the communication or, or yeah yeah that's that? that's a really good point because it's oh yeah I mean even before um mum had this particular fellow as her partner we were always a musical household you know there'd be people playing instruments and singing and mum's family were from uh, London originally and they were very into the you know the traditional stand around the piano and sing along okay. type of, you know, yeah. that really old-fashioned English pub type of entertainment. Yeah. My grandfather would play the piano in that room downstairs. 
yeah, my uncle played multiple instruments. So, yeah, there was always music in the house. Mm-hmm. So I think you could be right there. That's where, you know, maybe that's what's drawn them to us in and that then, way. Yes. And then the other thing, of course, that you mention is your mum's psychic ability. Did you have knowledge of that prior to all of this? That, you know, because she came um, up with that very specific old-fashioned name, Marjorie, and she yes. knew that it was... So she initially she'd gotten Margaret and then was able to specify that it was Marjorie. That's all quite fascinating. Yes. So I wondered if yes. she had had prior experiences or if you as well had had prior experiences. Look, I think between... Yeah, between mum and I, we had often tried to do telepathic sort of experiments to see if we could, you know, connect with each other. And there were a couple of times where we did. I mean, mum talked about in in the place where we lived previously, and I I never had any experiences there, but she used to say that she saw um, a child in the place where we had previously lived so uh yes i think obviously she she's quite attuned and speaking of attuned i'd like Mm. to pick up on something that you mentioned in the email but you didn't tell us today oh okay when when marjorie was in your house marjorie yes she mentioned that her dad was psychic Although she used that. Oh, she did. Yeah, tell us about what she said. She about did. Her dad. That's right. She said that was very fey. I love that. Word. I didn't know what that meant. Yes, yes, <laughs> but apparently it's an old-fashioned word meaning, yeah, meaning a bit, a bit psychic, you know. And uh, yeah, she said he was here. Yeah, he was a bit fey, you know. So yeah, we thought that maybe explained why he was able to still hang around after after so many years. Yeah, we did find out a while later. My friend uh, Lisa, who who shared the experience with us, she found some information on uh, ancestry about the family who about who who they were. He did die in that house in about 1952, I think. That kind of explains. I guess his ongoing connection. It does. And yes, you sent me a couple of the clips that your friend uncovered and it was Mm. quite amazing to read about these people having lived very full lives and in a way they had quite a profile as musicians, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah, yeah, very much so. They were they were quite uh well known in in the in classical music circles. I think one of them was an opera singer either Marjorie Junior or her, her sister. It's funny calling her Junior because I've got a picture of her as sort of an 80-year-old lady. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, they were. They were quite accomplished and, you know, it kind of explains yeah, the musical connection. Well, I just love your story, Liz. And, you know, one thing I really love about sharing our stories is that, mm-hmm. you know, we they're sort of healing agents in in one way, you know, and when we share stories about losing our late loved ones and seeing them, that in that capacity, they're kind of little doses of medicine in a way. But when we share the stories in this kind of way, as you've shared with us today, I like to think of them as honouring and remembering these people that have gone before us. So Marjorie, her mother Marjorie, her sister, her father, they're not forgotten we talk about them today and we we sort of reignite them and i love that we can extend this honoring of them 
beyond the you know the the physical passage of their lives yeah absolutely i agree and it's you know i do think of them with um with some affection and uh you know it's it's not a bad memory at all as i said there was never it was was never really malevolent it was it was just kind of a, a an awareness of a presence that we felt well, thank you so yeah, much yeah. Liz, uh, for yeah. coming on the Spirit Sisters podcast and sharing that beautiful story with us. I think I'll be thinking of Marjorie, you know, as the day proceeds today and just wondering yeah. if, if she's still there and if her father is still there, you know, with his hat on, looking out the window at the house. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. I think next time I go to Sydney, I think I'll, um, I might take a little drive down there and just see <laughs> yes have a walk by and see what I think it's, yeah. um, thank you so much for for letting me share the story and um, yeah I think it's it, it is it is a lovely story and it's nice to know that hopefully they're still enjoying what was their home and how does that make you feel about the topic of the afterlife and whether we go on how, how did that story affect you in that sense it's been the thing that has made me feel quite sure that we do go on because I've never been able to explain it in any other way. I'm a psychologist by profession and, you know, I guess in all my training, we, you know, we do learn to examine everything using scientific principles, which is good, you know. I think you need to be able to not just take everything at face value. Certainly that makes me think critically and makes me look at evidence and the experience in that house, I still have never been able to find another explanation for it, especially getting the name and all that sort of thing. It's made me remain open-minded and certainly to believe, yeah, that we, we do go on, you know, how how the mechanism of that works who knows i think that it might be energy we're energy matter is energy we know that so you know i think maybe what what we leave behind is an energy pattern and sometimes it stays in that place and that's that's what's happened to those to those particular people who who've maybe haven't moved on i think we must we must go on in in some form definitely yeah. definitely i believe that and I guess it's just the great mystery of trying to decipher whether, in your case, for example, in the case of this this home in Sydney, whether they were sentient spirits that were there communicating, or whether that was some sort of imprint that that was left behind. That the resonance of you all being musicians, and you know, you your mum being psychic, and you as well having some burgeoning psychic abilities whether that all reignited sort of an imprint or whether they were sentient spirits so I guess mm. with your the moment that the lady later in postscript said oh this is the old lady the lady that watches my son play like that sounds yes. more like a sentient spirit who is interacting so, it does doesn't it yeah it does so it's hard yeah. to know it's hard to know but that's the delicious mystery of these stories i don't think we yes. will get to the bottom of it but gosh it's great fun trying to work it all out and listening to the experiences so thank you liz and thank you for coming on thanks Karina. <laughs>
Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters, the podcast, based on my best-selling book of the same name. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next time for another intriguing conversation exploring mysteries and marvels. In the meantime, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. I also welcome your feedback, so please message me through my website, karinamachado.com, or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. Perhaps you have your own encounter to share. If so, I'd love to hear it. After all, there's nothing more powerful than a story. Thank you.